All right. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of You Haven't Seen That. Uh, for those of you who haven't listened, uh, I'm John Campbell, and this is a sort of, I've been calling it a movie matchmaking podcast. Uh, I introduce people to movies they haven't seen that I, I feel they should see and probably would like. And I'm very excited today uh, to have my good friend on the show, uh, Josh Haldeman. Hi. Uh, welcome to the show, Josh. Thank you. Uh, and today, Josh, we're watching uh, Some Kind of Wonderful. Yeah, we are. Uh, I almost I know hardly anything about this movie. That's good. Uh, that, that I always like when people because I mean, be some, honest, yeah. Sometimes you, hmm? you brought it to my attention earlier because we had been working on trying to find something that I hadn't seen. In yeah, a while. not like I'm the biggest movie buff in the world. No, but I, you're you're one of the. I mean, I've sort of made a list of the people I wanted to have on the show, and you're one of the first people mm-hmm. I had on there. And it was sort of just going back and forth, like what movies haven't you seen? Yeah, because we and you and I have very similar tastes. So. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know you're a big John Hughes fan. Yeah, so which is why this movie makes sense to me. It's like, it's, uh, you know, I had seen, I felt, I had thought I had seen all of his movies, but apparently had never looked at his IMDb page. Mm. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. This is this is written by written by John Hughes, uh, directed by Howard Deutsch, who uh, worked with Hughes on a few of his movies, I believe, uh, including directing Pretty in Pink. Uh, what? What year? The, uh, so this movie was released uh, February 27th, I believe, uh, 1987. Oh, okay. You know, I don't, I'm not really familiar, too familiar with the trajectory of his career. Uh-huh. It's that kind of, that, this he was is, already established. Oh, very much so. Yeah. That He'd done Breakfast Club, 16 Candles, I think Pretty in Pink already. That He had done like the Molly Ringwald movies. I think he'd okay. even done Weird Science at this point. Oh, okay. awesome. So, I mean, yeah, this is very much John Hughes um, is a fully established um Sort of pop culture icon. So did he just not have time to direct this one? Or? Well, he he kind of bounced back and forth because he didn't direct Pretty in Pink either. Mm-hmm. Uh, Howard Deutsch also directed that. I don't I don't really know what. I would be fascinated to to know what like what decisions led to. I'll direct this one, but not this one, or this one and not that one. Yeah. Because um, he, you know, he yeah he directed like Breakfast Club and um, Sixteen Candles and uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off and Weird Science. Yeah, yeah, those but, seemed very like pet project to him too. The, yeah, the history of those movies, especially Breakfast Club. And oh, very much so. I mean, that was sort of the like announcement of. I mean, he had already written other movies, but that was sort of the announcement of like John Hughes, auteur filmmaker. Yeah, yeah. Um, he had a vision. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and also like John Hughes, voice of a generation, because mm-hmm. he had written like Vacation was sort of a uh, was a big one for him which is you know a gag movie for the most part yeah yeah um and he wrote a lot of he wrote i think he wrote almost all the vacation movies oh that's cool i didn't know that yeah i know he wrote at least the, the first one and christmas um which are the best ones so yeah. uh but yeah he so he had written a bunch of the uh he had written a bunch of kind of just uh straight comedy movies a lot of national lampoon stuff uh he had written mr mom uh, oh yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah, and then he then he sort of transitioned into doing the teen movies, uh, and then he kind of grew up a little bit when he did like Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I love that movie. The Great Outdoors is actually kind of a gag movie still, even. But like <laughs> uh, Uncle Buck was him yeah. as well. Uh, Home Alone, obviously, probably the most successful movie he ever wrote was right. Home Alone, mm-hmm. um, because he pretty much retired actually after. After the Home Alone movies. So he was really good at coming up with those gags. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was like Uncle Buck, Great Outdoors, mm-hmm. Home Alone. They're, yeah. all, they're like gag movies. Oh, yeah. D- varying degrees of heart. And, Absolutely. And his his other uh, signature filmmaking, you know, or sensibilities, I should say. Right, yeah. I mean, I think that's that's that might differentiate some of the, the John Hughes, the writer, versus John Hughes, the filmmaker. It seemed like as a filmmaker, he was more interested in doing 
more serious, heartfelt stuff mm-hmm. with still that very uh, present sense of humor. I mean, you watch something like uh, there's a ton of ga- I mean, something like a Ferris Bueller's Day Off. There's a ton of gags in that movie. Yeah. But there's also a, very much an emotional undercurrent to that film as well. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, it's hard to escape. It's like, like this creeping feeling of uh, the end of an era and all, the, all that kind of Yeah, thing. exactly. Yeah, something he would... I mean, like, Breakfast Club is probably the most straight-ahead drama of his films. Yeah. Because um, then you look at things like Sixteen Candles, which is very goofy, mm-hmm. but also still playing into that uh, the emotions and angst of being a teenager. Um, which I think this film does as well as we sort of transition into Some Kind of Wonderful. What's interesting about Some Kind of Wonderful, I know you don't know a ton about it, and I won't say a lot about it, is um, it is kind of similar to Pretty in Pink okay. uh, quite a bit, but told from a male perspective. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's really interesting, actually. I, have a, I remember talking to somebody about um, that they wanted to teach a, a class on John Hughes films. Uh, I take it. Oh, yeah. And she was saying that she would make them watch this these back to back and compare them um and sort of the uh, undercurrent like like the differences between them and sort of what the gender swap does to the story um if it's a, i mean obviously it becomes somewhat of a different story if it's about a uh, a poor guy in love with a popular girl yeah yeah that is interesting yeah i bet i'm sure that's been done before especially if the movies are very are so similar mm-hmm. that you could just uh Swap out the genders. It's like it's like made for a, a gender studies undergrad paper. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and who knows? I don't know. I don't know if she ever taught that class, but uh, I don't think she did. But uh, it would be interesting to, to certainly to look at that. Um, so uh, something I always ask people is, uh, what are you possibly from having seen the other John Hughes movies? What are you anticipating from seeing uh, in this movie? I mean, I'm anticipating a movie with a lot of heart, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of that. Those kinds of he does. John Hughes, especially does uh, teenaged characters, young people, uh, with a lot of depth. Mm-hmm. Um, but he focuses in on on some, I guess, uh, uh, characteristics that that he uses over and over again. Mm-hmm. You know, and he kind of, and he put those archetypes, and you know, that is the Breakfast Club. That's what that oh, yeah. became. But there are a lot of characters like that through his work. Absolutely, yeah. Um, and and but just fulfilling kind of slightly different roles in the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, depending on um, you know what 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 the the movie is exactly going to be about. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess I'm 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 anticipating like seeing those types of characters. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm sure there's going to be the you know like the nerdy one who's mm-hmm. <laughs> like you know like a, like uh, trying to get the girl. I'm sure there's going to you know he does uh, popular people in in a certain way, sure, in yeah. a certain light, and kind of depicting the duality of that kind of existence too. And, yeah. Again, it all comes back to Breakfast Club for John Hughes. I think, yeah, I think like, that, but. no, that really started sort of the John Hughes high school mm-hmm. movie. I mean, not only because that was the first one he had done, but that was, yeah, I mean, that movie is so much about archetypes and, uh, and, and, and in a lot of ways subverting those archetypes uh, that, yeah, that, that sort of carried through the rest of his work. Yeah. Uh, particularly in these, or at least in these uh, high school movies that he sort of became known for. Because it is interesting. I think a lot of people... You know, when you say John Hughes, they're like, oh, yeah, the high school movies. Like, yeah, but he just like a comedy guy. Yeah. As we were saying with all the um, other things he did. And, I mean, <laughs> particularly enough to retire on the Home Alone millions upon millions of dollars he made off of that. Oh, yeah. Um, but, yeah. So, uh, also anticipating uh, the sweet synthetic, you know, the synthesizer based soundtrack. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I, the music was hugely important to the work of John Hughes. Mm-hmm. Um, 
there's 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 that and then just also the um never ending uh, barrage of pop songs as well from the era it seemed like john hughes was very much on the pulse of whatever people were listening to at the time yeah he's one of those filmmakers that uh is able to successfully use pop music to kind of make like a collage of of cultural relevance in, mm-hmm. in his films scorsese yeah. is the like the grandmaster of that oh absolutely yeah i mean scorsese just scores to pop music yeah you know, there, there, there's you, know, you watch something like goodfellas there's no formal orchestral score in that it is just pop songs yeah not uh, not generally my favorite device i tend to prefer scores but when someone's such a master at it as yeah. scorsese and i think in hughes his movies do super well yeah as well and uh, and a lot of the John Hughes stuff uh, also was creating these pop songs for the movies. I mean, you think about "Don't You Forget About Me" and yeah. "Breakfast Club." I mean, that was written for that movie. Um, and a lot of his films sort of have the uh, that as well with the uh, the fact that like these songs were crafted for the film or based in part on what the movie's about. So I think that also adds to that sort of synergy between them. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, especially that that simple mind song makes oh, total yeah. sense. Absolutely. Uh, cool. So I think we're going to go ahead and, and take a look at the movie now. Uh, folks, if you want to uh, watch it, you, I, I always say if you want to watch it with us, you can't really watch it with us, but there's going to be about a 30-second uh, music break here where you can stop the podcast, go and watch it if you want, or if you've seen it enough, just keep listening through the whatever uh, cut I pulled from the soundtrack of this movie. And uh, go ahead and, and uh, keep listening, and we'll be back in a little bit to talk about Some Kind of Wonderful. Okay, we're back, and uh, we have now watched Some Kind of Wonderful. The credits just rolled. The credits just rolled, yeah, and we got right back on mic. Uh, so I always like to start with a, just sort of a, we'll get more specific later, but sort of a general uh, overall reaction of the movie. I really liked it. I mean, I, I kind of knew I was going to because mm-hmm. uh, of the pedigree sure. involved and everything. But yeah, I think I, in fact, I think I liked it a little more than I was expecting. Yeah. It was a super tight script i'd put it up there with his it's john hughes's best scripts. it's one it's one of my favorite john hughes movies and it, and, and like i said I, I think i said at the beginning actually but and people don't really know this one yeah that's really that's interesting yeah, yeah I, I have no explanation for why i didn't know it but mm-hmm. so. yeah i mean other than that, i just don't i mean it's just sort of not spoken of in the same breath as breakfast club or 16 candles or pretty in pink or all these but i think it it definitely deserves to be mentioned amongst those yeah absolutely i uh, mean i would say i liked it like more than 16 candles or, you yeah know, something like that i'd say I'd, I'd put it on the same tier as breakfast club like among definitely. his best were absolutely the way in which it examines these issues mm-hmm. um just through like really deep meaningful like life issues not just adolescent life mm-hmm. but that's the lens he's using to examine like economic issues this is the thing relationship it, issues because i mean not only is it feel i mean i was talking about how it's sort of i mean it is kind of similar to pretty in pink at least from a, a basic plot standpoint but i feel like it's it's more um accomplished or something in some way than i mean it's more thought out in a lot of ways than pretty in pink i feel like yeah while dealing with a lot of the same sort of themes and issues 
uh, you know, the economic uh, class status and things like that. Yeah, definitely. A lot gets commu- communicated in this movie just by the the way it's structured in a scene by scene basis. Mm-hmm. They do a really good job of. Um, you know, there's never a scene with Watts is with someone else, like mm-hmm. another one of her friends or something, and and yeah. she's like, "Oh, I'm so in love with him." You know, like right, that, right, never, right. that never really happens. The closest it gets is when she has that other guy. Yeah, who's great. I love yeah, that yeah. scene. Um, yeah, we can start getting into the movie a little bit more uh, scene by scene. Uh, you are the first guest who's actually taken notes during the movie. Uh, which yeah, is I cool. mean, I just want I just want to seem smart. There's no. <laughs> There's should no I not have said that then? It just should have been like, it. well, I happened to notice this and remembered every second of this movie. Um, so we the the movie opens in this sort of uh, very montagey sort of way, introducing each character, mm-hmm. and we start out right away with uh, Watts playing the drums. Mm-hmm. Uh, we should talk about some of the actors who are in it. Murray Stewart Masterson plays Watts. Uh, yeah, I thought she was fantastic. Oh yeah, um, I can't. I don't think. I don't know if I've seen anything else with her or not. I wasn't really thinking about it while I was watching this movie. But I thought she was really good because there's a lot of subtlety in that performance. Oh, yeah. You know, they would have needed a scene, you know, where she's her character has a little more direct dialogue mm-hmm. about her situation uh, if it wasn't for her acting. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. We, I mean, <laughs> I could do an entire podcast just about how much I love the character of Watts. Uh I, I will spare people that, but needless <laughs> well, to say, we, I we could go on it for a little while because yeah. we've already started. She's really the emotional core of the movie. Oh, absolutely, yeah. But I mean, every time I every time I watch this movie, I'm just like, I don't see what he sees in Leah Thompson's character at all because Watts is right there. I don't. I mean, maybe that speaks more to <laughs> my uh, personal preferences on things. Uh, but well, I think that's his his deal is is a whole nother thing he oh go, yeah he go his journey in this movie is that is definitely you know mirrors the the hero's journey mm-hmm. where um i think he just wants keith just wants to see like fairness yeah in the world uh, i think he has a line later on this is why i take took notes right mm-hmm. uh oh yeah that scene with his his dad near the end it's a yeah. really great scene not to jump ahead too much sure, but, no, yeah. uh, it really does help explain his character a lot mm-hmm. it's um and i'm paraphrasing here i didn't get it exactly but everyone around here thinks i'm nobody and i have a chance to prove them wrong mm-hmm. he has to take that chance you know yeah. he can't it's in his character he can't deal with the injustice right because he starts off the movie confident talented Mm-hmm. absolutely you know like uh he knows who he is the the way he's introduced in this movie where he's walking towards that train and then turns at the last minute you're like this guy's awesome yeah <laughs> who is this guy <laughs> like he has he's like for a high schooler you know senior year he's like he has it pretty together he, yeah he knows the, the the social landscape and his place in it but mm-hmm. and it bothers him but it, he doesn't let it stop it from it is. from him him being a complete person yeah, but that's what kind of makes him a hero is because he goes into this world and he like crosses the barrier. It is, it is really interesting because you think of a movie like this, you would expect a lot of scenes of him like pining for the girl, which there are some, but he's not like mopey about it. Mm-hmm. He's ve- he's and he's very like resolute and very um, uh, matter of fact and has a plan. And you know, I mean, uh, you know, it, yeah, it, it is interesting. He understands the world. And he know he you know he wants to go out with this girl or so he thinks. I mean I think what he sees in Leah Thompson is mm-hmm. Amanda. Uh, we should say is your name Amanda, well. yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and Eric Stoltz plays Keith as well. We haven't said that. Yeah, um, people don't know. Also, yeah, fantastic. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, Amanda is is uh, 
don't know, because her conflict is one where she she crossed the barrier, but not with any. She was looking to find herself. She was, mm-hmm. you know, like she saw the social landscape and was not comfortable with where she was. Right. In it, and and so uh, pretended for a long time. And I think he saw the the core of it in her. Yeah. And that's was was his obsession was that he, like that was his way into that world and to mm-hmm. like cross that barrier in a in a meaningful way for him. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and so that's what I I just loved the end of the movie because it because it, it's they go with uh, the emotionally satisfying ending and not the not the cliche Hollywood right, ending. which is one of the key differences between this and Pretty in Pink. Oh yeah, uh, which <laughs> I mean, I'm sure you're aware of the alternate ending of Pretty in Pink. I am uh, that that a lot of people have discussed and and it's interesting that this movie goes it's a that ducky in the, is that one that yeah is, exactly that fulfills the watts yes role. exactly yeah. yeah i mean definitely different characters but serving a similar uh emotional part of the movie um however it completely goes in the opposite direction in pretty and pink although not originally in hughes's script uh it did she did go end up with ducky mm-hmm. uh as opposed to the ending but test audiences hated it so they changed it uh who knows for the better or worse? I don't know. I've never seen the ducky ending, so yeah, it would be hard to say. It's definitely, I don't know. They're definitely. I don't like ducky as much as I like Watts. I agree with that. I yeah, I think it has something to do with the like the genders involved and just the polish of the overall story mm-hmm. too. Because I think I don't know we have these stereotypes in our head of like who's supposed to ask who out. So like in my and I know this is cliche and like st- you know stereotypical mm-hmm. of me, uh, but it's like you know it's like I think that paints ducky as more of a more of a loser where you're like come on just like yeah, yeah tell yeah. him you know like there there no <laughs> you, you're like, absolutely right there is something uh, yeah and i don't know if it's the just the gender politics of it or whatever but there is certainly a uh uh a different you get a different vibe from ducky or it is a little bit more even though like conceivably i do relate to ducky more than any other character in, in pretty in pink yeah that's um true. but yeah For there is sort well. of yeah there is sort of a thing there is something different, and I, I don't. I, I don't know if it's just the gender stuff or just the way that that Hughes writes these characters so differently. But Watts is so um, fully realized and so, like you're saying, the emotional crux of the movie is her. Really, yeah. Like uh, I mean, I was, that montage in the beginning was was super uh, important because I mean, it establishes the language, the film language of of the piece you're watching mm-hmm. immediately. Yeah, uh, which is really nice. Like just uh, the the visual tricks of it, introducing these characters and, and who they are. It does in like, in just those first three shots, it's like, wow, mm-hmm. this is like, this is the world. And I know exactly, you know, yeah. I don't know where geographically I am, but it doesn't matter. I'm like, I'm already with the movie emotionally. Absolutely. Watts has that heart on her drum. Yeah. I think, I think it's not, you know, I'm, this is a little getting a little like English, English lit. Oh, we, level. We, we go here on the show. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, cause, well, that's good. Uh, <laughs> yeah. cause that's all I have. Is uh, that, all right. Good. Yeah. That no. is, uh, the, uh, uh, Oh, was yeah. She has that heart on her on her drum, and yeah. I was saying she's the emotional core of the movie. You could see it, you know, a connection there. She's she's playing the heart. Mm-hmm. Of, oh yeah, of the movie, absolutely. You know, like yeah, like literally beating beating it like a drum because mm-hmm. it's on a drum. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, that 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 opening certainly uh, uh, carries. Yeah, carries a lot of weight in the movie uh, um, because we also see uh, Amanda in that with. Uh, <laughs> uh is hardy i believe is his name yeah yeah uh hardy jen hardy jens wow. as, as played by <laughs> craig sheffer uh not josh brolin uh every time i see it i just keep thinking he looks so much like josh brolin he like does. a young josh brolin yeah yeah like <laughs> yeah like goonies era yeah 
Oh yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Which and he totally would have been up for this part as well. Like yeah. I could see that. I mean, Craig Shefford does a, a fantastic job of being uh, just. There's n- the character has no redeeming qualities. That no, I say. not at all. Marty <laughs> Jens is a total villain. His character gets he just be like because of the the, the brilliance of of the script, mm-hmm. and it's weird weird to phrase it like that, but, <laughs> no. but um, because uh, he's one of the last like fully realized people mm-hmm. in it because he gets heaped on um, representing kind of like the unfairness of not not in it the unfairness of kind of like the socioeconomic right situation. right 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 that's what his character. Oh yeah, like like it's just like in a, it's kind of like an amalgamation, sure of things. I mean, so he's le- less like a real person, more like, yeah. But he, you need that kind of you need someone to represent that and have the agency. He has a little bit. He represents a lot of the same stuff has. that James Spader represented in Pretty in Pink. I think. Yeah, totally. Yeah, uh, only plays a bigger part in this mm-hmm. than than Spader did. Yeah, much bigger. Yeah, because because yeah, I mean, Spader was like just sort of a douchebag who was around. This guy is a central antagonist throughout the movie. Um. Right off the bat, we talk about the scene where, because uh, 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 Keith, our main character, works at a gas station, and there's a scene where um, Hardy pulls up in his car to the to the gas station, and uh, we talked about that he um, Keith is walking towards him, and yet Hardy lays on the horn. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he honks when he first gets there, and then he's already walking toward him. He's just in case. <laughs> You didn't hear me. Right, yeah. There's literally, like, every scene in this movie, he consistently reminds you what a douchebag he is. Yeah. Um, he honks the horn again when he's got the hood open. Um, but then Keith takes the dipstick out from the... Yeah. Which was which was a nice touch. That's the thing. Like, Keith is pretty um, pretty unbreakable uh, in this throughout this movie. Yeah. Like, really, he's pretty undeterred by things. Um which is yeah, which is, yeah, it's interesting to me that because you think of once again, you think of these very um, emotionally fragile characters potentially in John Hughes movies. Uh, think you think about like a Molly Ringwald, and when was she not like um, very upset about the her situation? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's really interesting to see a character who is as confident as Keith be the main character of a John Hughes movie. Yeah, totally. I mean, his enemy is the world, and in and in some way, him himself like mm-hmm. or he has to adjust certain parts of himself to uh cope with the world as it exists yeah um you know because because he he's one of those kinds of and i'm going to keep using the term hero because that's yeah that's no. like what he is in this yeah movie. absolutely so, you know because like he merges these two worlds that are totally separate mm-hmm. you know like uh you know cro- crosses the bear and takes up and takes takes something back and it all happens so quickly at the end of the movie mm-hmm. you know where he comes back and everything you know it's like now that he's accomplished his mission he sees you know what he brings back with him is is the knowledge that you like that Watts is for him, and that, mm-hmm. um, those are here what the who the earrings really should go to. Yes, absolutely. Uh, we um, I'm gonna back up a little bit from that gas station scene, but uh, uh, when we're introduced to sort of the world of the high school, I love how crowded the high school in the movie is. It's yeah, they're I, always high schools are all in movies are generally like really crowded like that. Yeah, especially parties. Yeah, but we I mean, just like moving through when we're introduced to. I mean, we've already been introduced to them, but sort of uh, when we see Watts and Keith drive in uh, together, I love this whole thing that Keith is a, a mechanic or whatever works at the gas station. He doesn't have a car. He, Watts has to drive him around. Um, uh, it's it's very clear where they fit in. In you you see the social structure of the school to a certain extent, uh, just with their introduction um, and the way people react, particularly to Watts. Um, 
And then we're introduced to, I believe he does not have a name. He is only the skinhead. Yeah. Uh, played by Elias Cotiz. Uh, <laughs> uh, I was saying, it sort of feels like the next step beyond John Bender. Yeah, 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 totally. Yeah, John Bender 2.0 for sure. Yeah, he's uh, a... <laughs> that same kind that, I don't know, like... Uh, that kind of charisma that's you know very uh, a han solo like mm-hmm. yeah yeah exactly like where it's a little it's a little dirty and dangerous but that's what kind of what draws you to it right but there's some there's some good in there too we'll yeah, discover yeah, throughout yeah. the movie a so. bit of a harder gold yeah sure. exactly but we're introduced to him uh ragging on watts uh mm-hmm. throughout the movie there's a running thing where people think watts is a lesbian um because I guess it was 1987 and she had short hair and, yeah. didn't, and didn't wear traditionally feminine clothing. Right. Um, okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, they're very much casting. I mean, I'm, I'm sure that happens in high schools today too, but <laughs> yeah, I'm, I, I bet it does. Yeah. Uh, uh, but very much uh, putting Keith and Watts as the outsiders in the school. I yeah, mean, for sure. Keith's the, uh, the artist, uh, you know, and, and Watts is, uh, you know, kind of she's not really punk she's a there's a little bit of that though yeah it seems it doesn't it only goes a little into the kind of music she listens to because she has like tapes on yeah it's a little bit more like 80s new wave yeah yeah um what seems like she would be into like the smiths or something like that. yeah totally yeah i could see that but um another thing i really liked about this movie and made the script so tight is they didn't go into like their backstory of how keith and watts met right because it didn't matter because i saw it all it was all there on Mm -hmm. screen it was was so obvious that they just or to me they they just found each other because he represents what she wishes she could be Mm -hmm. because she's like she has the worst economic situation of of anyone in the movie right well, and, and like even, her, her parents aren't around. So yeah, know, it's it's, like, it's even. I mean, the, the, we we get an idea, but it's still somewhat vague exactly what her situation is. We know her parents aren't there. They allude to brothers that she has, mm-hmm. but it's very clear that she's on her own essentially. Yeah, yeah. I was I I was imagining older brothers, mm-hmm. and like maybe her parents are gone or have you know have some sort of addiction issues, something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, you know, like those uh, com- common issues in the, in that kind of uh, environment. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, like they don't get into it; they don't need to or anything. But um, but I think she really feels trapped, mm-hmm. and and that's that's her character's thing. And then so she, she, you know, she made friends with this. You know, Keith is this guy who's like, you know, he's he's talented. He's an artist. He's so comfortable with himself and right. doesn't let his doesn't let the things like really bother him. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, of course it does, but in sure. that in that heroic way he sho- he he shoulders his burden admirably but yeah like you said he's so comfortable with himself which is so un uh, unusual for just kids in high school really i mean you know mm-hmm. you're trying to find who you are keith seems to know who he is his problems are more external um for the most part yeah yeah he, he his is not a journey of self-actualization and i think having that's what that friendship was based on was that she that made watts feel very that friendship made her feel very comfortable mm-hmm. and it was like no it is possible you know like you know to be a real person and you know screw all these guys who right. say we're nothing right because wa- that's why it really freaks her out when he starts to pull away yeah because his whole goal like i said is to pierce into that world and right. not to stay there but she doesn't know that yeah exactly uh i mean because watts is very much a character who's all about i mean putting up an emotional armor for sure she yeah. i mean the right down to the way she looks i mean she's very unapproachable she's very standoffish she's very tough she's very uh mean with people or doesn't have a lot of time she doesn't take shit from anybody certainly 
uh, and gives it back very much. And we see that in the, um, uh, the locker room scene where the girl makes fun of her for wearing men's underwear. Yeah. Uh, and she says something like, I've never seen a girl in men's underwear. And she says, well, have you ever seen a girl with a drumstick jammed up her nose? Yeah. Uh, and you're just like, yeah, Watts. Uh, <laughs> Um, or, or yeah, I mean, even the way she deals with, uh, the skinhead, Elias Cotiz's character, um, she's not afraid of him like other characters are. I mean, neither is Keith, but Keith is not afraid of anybody. It doesn't seem like. Yeah. That's, I was just thinking about that very first scene with the, like the skinhead and, and his friends. It, it blows my mind that they, uh, were able to, that first scene with them is a little, it's, it's kind of harsh. It's like uh, uh, they're talk- absolutely yeah. They're talking about how it's you know like like you know they call her a lesbian. Mm-hmm. Uh, Keith Keith gets called you know and I, I don't like the I don't like the word. But it's like you know Keith gets called a faggot. Yeah, it's like and it's like you know but uh, I guess it was a different time because they brought that group back from that and you know made them yeah. charming goofballs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I think even because even to a certain extent, like. Um, they're putting up a front. I mean, I, th- I think that's the sense I get from the skinhead as well. Because yeah. we see, we do see a bit of the skinhead. I love the scene where they're in detention and Keith's drawing in the notebook and he shows him and then the skinhead's carving on the table and he rips the top of the desk off and shows him, like proudly shows him, look at what I've done. Yeah, yeah. And Keith gives him like a, yeah, good job, yeah, buddy. I'm an artist too. Yeah. And his father's the um, night watchman at the art museum. Right. I liked this whole like working, you know, like this, you know, working class set up to get this really awesome date. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, yeah, because he knows, you right? Because his dad's the night watchman, stuff like that. He's got... me- meanwhile, this party's happening at at uh, uh, Heed's house or whatever the oh, Hardy, name? Hardy, yeah, Hardy Jens <laughs> with two ends. I love when he says that. Uh, the, there's a teacher who's like, "What's your name?" He's like, "It's Hardy, Hardy Jens, two ends." <laughs> he's like, "Oh man, you are the worst." <laughs> <laughs> That's one of those like, yeah, because you know who my dad is. Yeah, yeah exactly. One yeah, of those things. Yeah, and even that is left vague. Like, what exactly his father? I mean, we can assume that they're the rich people mm-hmm. in town or whatever. Yeah. But meanwhile, the Hardy's having the yeah the Jens are are doing are vacationing in Europe. Yes. And, which is allowing them to have this party. Right. There's all, there's all kinds of talk about we're going to Aspen for whatever the Jens are in Europe. There's all this you know. Anytime we see the rich people, they are very much. Uh, flaunting their wealth and right. privilege um and, and then yeah i don't think the movie ever it doesn't come down on just being rich no. as a bad thing you know like that i think that's important to mention it right th- those people are definitely like like the villains in it and it is a movie about um people of lower economic status mm-hmm. like uh, like finding their way and, mm-hmm. and maybe the kind of pressures it puts on you so- socially or especially oh, yeah. especially for young people yeah for sure we definitely see that with keith's uh sister uh, who very much wants to be part of that world. Yeah, for sure. Actually, she was a really interesting character. I saw her as, she's kind of like an oracle of of, <laughs> of that world where she understands <laughs> it. She sees all the ley lines. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and, and, like, and could read it very well. Yeah, because I love the whole thing with her. Uh, she cannot comprehend Keith going out with Amanda then. It's like, but, but I don't, this doesn't, because that that breaks those sort of social standards that she knows so well and and, mm-hmm. and lives in this thing and then he's got another sister who's dj tanner from full house but uh <laughs> yeah uh but is just uh very uh precocious and snarky yeah i mean definitely um that's any every john hughes movie i've seen with young kids has uh, that they're yeah. like that they have the precocious kid yeah absolutely you know like curly sue mm-hmm. i've seen curly just see curly sue yeah, just that, go that, that's, curly that's an sue. entire movie of that yeah, I mean, also Home Alone, like yeah. <laughs> uh, but Sixteen Candles definitely is what the the girl reminds me of. She has a brother mm-hmm. in that who is very much that. 
uh, that kind of thing. Yeah, I think Hughes very likes that. That kind of uh, the other thing I want to talk about is because uh, this is a running thing in his movies too. Is uh, the parents, uh, Keith's parents, who are part of them, and nobody else's parents are really portrayed. Uh, no. but Keith's are, um, and uh, he is kind of a his mother is actually really not that present in the movie, as I say, parents. Right. Yeah. Not at all. It's just about, about the, the relationship dad with his father. The, uh, John John Ashton plays his father. Um, yeah, go, uh, you got to go to college. Uh, is a big thing, and there's a lot there with that. Where like he, his dad wants him to escape this world, but yeah. he only knows this one route to do that. He can only see the business school. Mm-hmm. Because there's a great scene fairly early in the movie where he's talking to Keith's guidance counselor, and the counselor's saying, "Oh, well, you know, he really, you know, he has a, he wants to go to an art school. He shows a lot of creativity and stuff like that." He's like, "Well, no, we're going to send him to a business school." Uh, that's what that's what's going to be good for him, and he has something about I don't want you selling tires like I do. Um, so I mean, his father was that his father's garage that he worked I, in. I Did take he... it as that. Yeah, yeah I mean, I can see that because they I mean, didn't really have to get specific about it. No, but... I mean, his father, but his father says sells tires, so that implies he's in the automobile. But so I mean, yeah. I think at least he got him that job, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's implied he's good at it. Like he seems to be good at. Being a mechanic, Keith. I don't know. I yeah, mean, we don't. We don't really see him he's do like, much. He's like he's always changing oil every time. Yeah, see him. that's true. So I guess I'm a mechanic. He's more like a yeah. I don't know. He's just like an attendant at a gas station, and he can change mm-hmm. oil. Um, but I can't do that. So um, <laughs> I'm going to be impressed by a lot of characters if we just if I just watch movies where people can do the things I can't do. Uh, <laughs> this is a, that's a lot of things. Uh, <laughs> I like to think that um, later on. You know, like that that Keith does decide to go to art school or just or just start a career as an artist or mm-hmm. you know something like that. Um, again, I, it wasn't necessary for the emotional climax of the mm-hmm. movie uh, for them to get into that or to have those, you know, still cards at the end. <laughs> like right, right, right. Yeah, five years later, Keith. Uh, yeah, whatever. Keith graduates magna cum laude from. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. No, <laughs> this does not feel like a movie that needs that. Um, but yeah, there is. Uh, yeah, as I said, his father is is a stern character, but he's not just a, he's not sort of a cliche of a st- he's stern for the right or what he thinks is the right reasons. He's he thinks he's he thinks he's giving him tough love when really he's just pissing him off. Yeah, um, because he, I don't think he realizes until that last scene between them how um, how much Keith has things figured out or whatever. Like yeah. Keith is Keith is not like a layabout or um, uh, just like a guy you know uh, daydreaming. He seems like he, I mean, at least has an idea of what he wants to do. Right. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And it is. And his dad seemed very understanding, too. Mm-hmm. It's all very, you know, like uh, he got it. You know? Yeah, so, absolutely. Which is which is good. Because, I mean, in a lot of these movies, the parents can kind of come off as villains. Mm-hmm. Um, although I would say less so in a lot of the John Hughes stuff. He, yeah, he the, doesn't... the movies where he does deal with parents, unless it's like in a very specific, like, Breakfast Club way where it's kind of about the one of the theses of the movies is that um, there's this whole world of, you know, adolescents that like figuring themselves out that uh, adults just can't have access to. Right. No exactly. matter how hard they try. And I mean, in the absence of the parents of that movie is yeah. so important because we all, so we only get to hear what people are like through their children's mm-hmm. perspective of them. And the only adult, the only really adult we see in the movie is uh, <laughs> that's the assistant principal. Who's awful. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, they're, um, yeah, it reminded me of the parental relationship in this. Reminded me of uh, uh, Lindsay's parents from Freaks and Geeks. Yeah, it, it was it was similar to that. Like, like and they, the father had a very similar tone. 
Yeah. Uh, you know, cause, you know, like, like, uh, get angry and felt like he had to be the father of the house. And right. And, and really it just comes out of like, they don't know what to do. Yeah. So, so they have to, they have to jump into this. I'm going to get upset because I don't know any other way to motivate you. I, I think I'm, you know, I can see what's best for you. Uh, and I'm concerned that you can't see that. So let me try to push you in that way. Uh, it's interesting. I don't think there's, and I know there's not any scenes between Watts and his parents. Like the parents never, uh, aside from the scene where the father goes to the school, the parents are in the house. I'm yeah. just realizing this. Um, they obviously know because I I love this whole thing when he talks about uh, dad. When you were in school, weren't there people who didn't fit in or whatever? And he's like, yeah, but and then he's it like almost like yeah, weirdos, right? I mean, yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he's like, that's me. Yeah, you don't seem to understand this. Yeah. Uh, and he's like, what? Are you, I thought you were cool. Like you, you, you seem to be doing fine. <laughs> You know, it's just like, yeah. My parents did the same thing to, to me. Yeah. What? You weren't the most popular kid in school? Yeah, what are yeah, you talking yeah. about? I was like, no, not really. No. Like, I, yeah, exactly. It's yeah. like, <laughs> you really thought of <laughs> You were always hanging out with people. I was, I was making weird movies. Mom. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you were hanging out with me. That was not... We were not cool. It's uh, like I was busy. I wasn't going. To, I wasn't going to parties. I was like... Right, yeah. It was the same... It was like the same five people we yeah. were hanging out with. <laughs> uh by ourselves uh exactly um so yeah no i know i love that scene as well because it's like this whole idea about like yeah from a distance it's you know yeah keith seems because he, he is so confident and, and stuff like yeah he must be cool it's like no as he says like i paint and my best friend is a tomboy and like this is that's not gonna make you popular yeah uh, yeah it all comes down to that scene with with his father for that's his culminating scene for sure oh yeah um definitely i'd say what would you say wants is like if she had one scene that really ooh f- fits it all together for her huh the first uh, thing that comes for me is when um the practice kiss yeah i mean that's that's where i was going to go as well the kissing lesson scene is uh cuz she that's a that's the closest she comes to really going for it with keith before yeah. before the date goes down yeah and in a very uh in a very watts like manner i mean mm-hmm. like like very guarded very guarded very much um uh putting the impetus on him or putting like you're gonna be bad at this like yeah. let me help you uh with this and runs away because she blushes right exactly know, like, yeah right exactly and then yeah i like because it's very much like uh yeah, what does she want? I mean, obviously she wants to kiss him there, but it's sort of this thing about like she'll she wants to tell him so bad, right? And then she just then like as soon as so so it. she's doing it in this very guarded way where like she yeah you I'll I'll I, you know because once again implying we don't really know much about implying that Watts has all this experience like I don't get the sense <laughs> right. that Watts is like dating a lot of people necessarily. No, not I at think all. she's hung up on Keith like the the. But so it's this whole idea about like, yeah, well, all of a sudden Watts is this wise person who's like, I'll show you how it's done. And then that gets way too real very quickly for her. Mm-hmm. And, and, and then so that armor comes down and then, yeah, she just has to bolt. Um, Did you get the sense of uh, that, she, that she like loved him and knew it like before the movie even started? I think so, yeah. Because in those first shots of them together, you know, they're like arm in arm. Yeah, you know, and she's being very playful, and like you could see it in her performance, right? You know, because like the actress knows where it's going, but absolutely, yeah. No, I think, I think, I definitely think that's there. Uh, and and mean, and you watch whether the or be- not Watts knows it or not is, I think, it's the question for me. And you know, you could, I'm yeah, sure, there's I lots mean, of I different, think, different I think, arguments. For I mean, I think, side. I think the answer, or at least the way I look at it, is probably she does, but it becomes it like 
it's subconscious or it's more yeah. subtle or it's like there's something here. You know, I mean, because I've been in situations like that where it's like, oh, there's a thing here. There's an energy here. I don't know what it is exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as the movie goes along, particularly as he starts pursuing Amanda, then that just sort of heightens what that is and forces her to examine what those feelings are. And then it becomes um, exponentially larger or whatever. Yeah. Another thing that makes uh, Keith a hero is that um, the, his, the, his impetus for... Um, pursuing Amanda, mm-hmm. it's not it's not a pining thing like we were, we, you, right. you were saying earlier. Because uh, he he sees the injustice of her, of her situation and this guy treating her like crap, mm-hmm. and her pretending to be all this stuff that she's not. Right? Yeah, he sees something. He uh, the, um, and so he has to. He feels like he has to insert himself almost almost to like rescue her, but just to show her. Yeah, really. And that and that seems to be the goal is because they're. And at the end, she gives him permission to kind of to do that. It was mm-hmm. like, "Oh, you've shown me." Yeah. Um. Now, now, you know, go, go be with her. You know? Right. <laughs> exactly. Well, because there's the when he's when uh, Keith is first talking to Watts about Amanda. Uh, you know, um, wh- what does Watts say? Is it her face or her body? And then, yeah, and yeah. Keith's answer is just like, I don't. She's fascinating. Like she, just, and I think that's. I think he's being legit. Mm-hmm. She, there's something he sees something in her. There's something behind her eyes or something when he when he watches because there's a lot of him watching her and it doesn't come off as like creepy stalker kind of thing. It comes off as like, what is this girl's deal? No. Yeah, almost like uh, like yeah, pensive, mm-hmm. like a uh, thoughtful. Yeah. Uh, uh, um, and 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 you see that at the end when he has when he made the, uh, he makes the painting of her or he, you know he, he paints a portrait of her. Yeah, that's another thing I want to. Um, she's leaning against like a door with all this graffiti on it. Yeah, so there's some symbolism in the painting where she's wearing these nice clothes. Right. But I was gonna say because it's in this environment it, that's it's not a, it's not, not exactly not, clean and rich. It's not like a loving like romantic portrait of somebody. It's a very there's there's some melancholy to it and stuff like that. that yeah. I think is really interesting. Yeah. They do that really great close up of the the her face in the painting mm-hmm. um, that that really shows off that. Yeah, like she's doing this melancholy smile. Right, exactly. The, like the, with this nice necklace on, and mm-hmm. you could see the detail there. Yeah, I, I really like that they went for like the symbolism in the painting, and not just, not just the romantic gesture of, of right. Of, yeah, of, you know, painting hanging in museum, which is so smooth. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, once again, I I can't paint, but I'm like, ooh, that's that's pretty good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I also don't know anyone with the connections to a museum, so. That whole play is out the door for me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, what was I going to say? Oh, we haven't talked that much about the character of Amanda, who who could easily have been a nothing character, really. Yeah. And, like, just a goal, an obstacle, you know, a, a, a trophy, if you will. But she is very complicated. Yeah. Um, it, because she is, the, I mean, we see that pretty early on. We see that she lives not too far from where he lives. Yeah. So she's, you know... Yeah, I liked. There was a, a lot of really great little subtle character building stuff with her. Mm-hmm. Like especially, uh, they're giving Keith a ride home mm-hmm. with her friend. Yeah, Shane, I believe. Is yeah, Shane, and and she's like, you know, doesn't know where Keith lives. Right. She's like, oh yeah, it's under the bridge, and like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, she says it's like, just like she knows that side of the tracks. Well, I like is she says, um, it's just she's she's about to say it's just around the corner from it. She goes it's just around the 
it's just under the bridge from my house. Oh yeah, like like even her friends don't know where she lives. Right. Yeah, or, I didn't catch or this whole idea. Like, well, yes, I'm in the you know the low economic side, but not under the bridge. You know, what I mean, yeah, like there's yeah. this whole thing about within Separation. that. Yeah, there's even because we talked about like with Watts, there's even these levels of uh, whatever. Like Watts is in the even lower than them, and you mm-hmm. know. Um, but yeah, everything about, I mean, that's the thing is like everything about Amanda is this, um, uh, cultivated image of her that she's built, you know, that, that she does. I mean, the, cause there's something, uh, where he's talking to the sister and it's just like, well, she's not a rich girl. It's like, yeah, but she runs with that crowd and this whole idea of like to her escaping this, uh, lower economic, uh, world that she's in is, is about, she's going to do that through dating a guy, uh. Yeah. like uh hardy when she just didn't want to be alone that seemed to be that's her that's whole, another thing her, too yeah there's this thing. there's this whole thing and, and I, i've met people like this i mean there are yeah, uh, yeah i mean that, that that reads is very real to me this whole idea about like they just need somebody um and because like hardy's the worst for any he, oh he openly uh is uh pretty much almost making out with other girls in the hall i love yeah. i love that scene where he's talking to the girl about trust in a relationship and stuff, and then he kisses yeah, he her neck. the same lion. <laughs> and then she comes, and he's just like, what? No, it's your family's going through a thing. I'm just helping her out. Uh, and then he you gives... you got to trust me. Yeah. I, I trust you. Yeah. Oh, he's the worst. Yeah. Oh, I hate this guy so much. Um, but it is like, yeah, it's like, what are you doing? <laughs> Why are you with... This? He's so openly terrible towards her and never affectionate towards her, really, mm-hmm. beyond any kind of physical thing. Uh but yeah, it's it, it is interesting. But it's like in this world of the movie, um, it's yeah, it's like uh, as someone of like lower economic status, you're made to feel like an outsider mm-hmm. at this school of theirs, uh, and and so that's you know, and so and uh, why am I Ashley Amanda mm-hmm. <laughs> Amanda didn't want to be alone. Right, you know, and so you know, and so had you know, pretended and got herself into this world, and ended up being you know more alone than ever. She she found exactly, yeah. I mean, then there's this whole thing once again with the image of her where she talks um, in that scene where they're driving him home, and Keith's like, "Oh, those are nice earrings." He's like, "Well, actually, they're chains." Like, mm-hmm. you know, this whole thing about like everything is borrowed, everything is created, everything is, you know, they don't really go into it, but I'm assuming like potentially things like knockoff designer brands or borrowing things from other people or you know yeah yeah uh it, it's clear we we see a little bit of her like preparing herself when she's like doing her hair and putting on the makeup and we mm-hmm. see everybody kind of put on their faces later in the movie um because there's i mean then we also see watts doing that in a much different kind of way because it's watts but uh or there's also um, there's a scene where well yeah Watts is like covering up her tattoo and like, exactly <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> which yeah it's just yeah it's I know it's awesome and yeah all these that this movie has a few montages in it that are really effective yeah um, and they're not just like let's get some momentum going here they're actually really showing you something about these characters uh, in, in in a way like with that scene where there's sort of the preparation for the date at the end of the movie, yeah, which is sort of our, sure. which is sort of our, our climax. And there's this running thing throughout the movie as well, whether or not, um, Amanda is like putting Keith on in some way, whether or not this is a joke or, a. it could have, this movie could have easily gone down almost like, like, um, a comedy of errors type route where he thinks 
you know that because he thinks he's being set up and that she's part of it mm-hmm. you know it could have get it could have gotten a lot more farcical than it did yeah i appreciate that it didn't because it kept it really emotionally honest yeah when when he says like isn't this just a joke uh, and she's like what are you talking about this isn't a joke and it's like aren't you just using me and then she has to be like i guess sort of you know like yeah like and aren't you using me though right yeah exactly it, it, <laughs> like, it doesn't just come down to like what you thought this i thought yeah because it could just be like a oh crazy misunderstandings mm-hmm. Uh, but instead, it does come off as like, well, let's acknowledge that we're both kind of not being totally upfront about what we're, yeah, or we're using each other for other gains a little bit in some way. If I had to, and like just a, a really small, like nitpicky thing, sure, because we've been just heaping praise on this. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The train stops here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the compliment. Here's where the thing. Yeah. <laughs> no, but. This uh, is what pissed me off. Uh, no, uh. <laughs> but just to get a little sure. critical is that, um, that, that third act really, uh, rushes by emotionally because they need to bring the characters to these different points and it all happens in a night Mm -hmm. um you know and i guess sometimes it happens like that in reality but it's also an argument in favor of it is that hey this is a movie yeah like yeah uh it did such a good job of establishing it theme its themes i would have rather had it wrap it up and in the satisfying way than it did Mm -hmm. than to try and do like a mumblecore realistic sure sure like you know yeah i mean um you know, I would, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have liked the movie as much if it left it as, as uh, maybe they figure it out, maybe they don't. You know, yeah, it's like, sure, yeah. No, and that's that. That also wouldn't, that would not be fitting of the John Hughes sort of uh, milieu, if you will. Right. Um, yeah, he. It, it's interesting. His his movies are very. Um, they're very hopeful movies for the most part. Yeah. Um, no, people are figuring it out. These kids are. Yeah. Know, like, exactly. That's the thing. I emotionally always, intelligent people. That's the thing I, I, because people talk about why does John Hughes do so well with these movies? And I think that's a big reason why he's so tapped into that. Was he, I felt like he really had respect for teenagers and high schoolers in a way that um, a a lot of older filmmakers maybe wouldn't, or or kids are portrayed as as dumb. Or, um, I mean, you look at the other like teen movies of the 80s, they were all like Mm -hmm. frat parties or sex romps, or, you know, you had like porkies and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, you know, it, yeah, it was just like they're teenagers; they're looking to get some, you know, right, like, right. But, but, like the extension of the Animal House, type right? Thing, exactly, which is, um, which which is um, fine. It's just a different type of movie, exactly. Yeah, and it, it doesn't read as realistic as the mm-hmm. John Hughes stuff, and I think that's why that has endured in a, in a different way and, and continues to to touch people. Because even though this is an '80s movie, uh, this is totally relevant to today. Yeah, I mean, there's a few things where you're like, okay, well, that that kind of feels like the '80s or whatever, but. Um, for the most part, it really, I mean, the themes of it are could be just as, as applicable to kids today. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's true. If you could get them past the synth music, uh, <laughs> which is kind of coming back though. In a yeah, I was gonna say it's a, it's a thing. Yeah, so um, yeah, yeah, there's it, a whole host of bands now that sound like they're they're from the '80s. I know, which I love. Now, that's, so, that's that's yeah. that's like I'm very happy about this uh, this trend. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, the so um, what's something else I want to talk about? I mean, I do want to talk about the climax of the movie when we get into this sort of extended. Hmm. Yeah, can I talk about oh, the sure. um, one part that I was having trouble wrapping my head around at first? Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of just through talking about it now, I kind of put it together. Is that the second act break where mm-hmm. um, it's it's after uh, Keith and Watts fight mm-hmm. like at the at the dance club? Yeah. 
um and then and then they they reconcile and that's like that's i see that as like the second act break they put together the plan for the date right then the, the, the third act of the movie is the planning and execution of of the, the date right right uh but uh, i really i didn't under, quite understand like um what happened in that in that moment because they didn't again another an, that admirable quality of this movie i keep harping on is they don't they don't they didn't just spell it out for me. Right. Um, and uh, it was just active in the performances. But they got together and seemed to reach some sort of understanding, but you knew it wasn't all the way resolved, right? Mm-hmm. You know, because it isn't. You know, right. like it's not fully resolved. But yeah. I just put it together. I think um, that was Watts seeing the heroism in what Keith wanted to do. Mm. And, um, you know, that it, it, she was like, if he wants to, you know, breach into this world and like mm-hmm. and uh, be a part of that. Then, like, who am I to stop him? Right. You know, like he wants to be nobody. He's standing up for himself. I'd be a lousy friend if I didn't. Because you could very much. I mean, like, uh, when you get into the date and stuff like that, like it's killing Watts. Yeah. Uh, and 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 part of you does go like, what are, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? Yeah. I mean, she yeah, and she volunteered too. And, and oh yeah. And, and Keith even calls her out on that. It's like, what's with the attitude? Yeah. You asked to be here. You wanted to do this. Yeah. Um, which I mean, there there is. I mean, near the end of the movie, she talks about how stupid he is. But I mean, and I think you even <laughs> comment on it. It's just like he's an idiot, really. Right? Yeah, I can't believe he didn't he didn't see it. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I it's just like it's pretty it's pretty clear what's going on there, and he's just like what? I mean, I, I mean, and I, I don't. I, I was gonna say like I could maybe see that happening, but at right. the same time, he's a little. One one of his things is a little. He does have that hero's quality of a little bit of hubris. He's like so put together that it, maybe mm-hmm. it's hard for him to see outside of this. This and you know, like, uh, I wouldn't call it a narrow vision mm-hmm. of the world, but um, you know, like that singular focus. Yeah, I mean, you know, very- like the whole, like um, we already talked about. It, you know, the whole uh, scene in the auditorium mm-hmm. where uh, Keith with Keith and Amanda. Yeah, uh, you know using each other mm-hmm. kind of you know that scene it's like you know it's like he didn't really realize he was act that's what was happening right you know uh you know that that's you know a little bit of hubris there and also the kind of the the blindness and not seeing mm-hmm. uh watts because she is so obvious oh yeah like it, you know like hanging off him right in those opening scenes you know and they're joking around and she's very touchy-feely yeah but i mean you know i could think back to high school and having moments like you know it's those hindsight moments you're like oh no that I think that person might have been into me. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. It's, yeah, it's weird to think about. You, you can't really ever be be sure. But. Sure. Yeah, and uh, but that that's that's kind of where I was going. Like, well, maybe I was. Uh, but I'm like, I've never seen any. Nobody ever acted like Watts towards me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I didn't know anyone as cool as Watts actually. So, um, but uh, yeah, it's um, uh, in that scene. I think that is at the end of that that scene you're talking about. The second act when they lie down in bed together. Yeah. She's incredible in that scene. The um Mary Stuart Masters and just the look on her face, you can see like it's it's uh, this is what she wants but not in this context and mm-hmm. you know like um and he's totally oblivious uh to it. But I uh, um the, yeah, there's a lot there's a lot that goes on unsaid there. Um which is great. There's great stuff here. Yeah. Um oh, so so then then we get then we go into the sort of the climax of the movie and he he uh he takes all of his money and and spends it on this right which is wow like <laughs> yeah i mean it's a very symbolic i feel like it's a very artist's thing to do <laughs> yeah like you need to have an artist sensibility to be like because it's like it's a symbolic gesture 
Oh, absolutely. Really, is like, yeah. is the, uh, you know, he wants to use her to, you know, like to elevate his status to breach this world and kind of show everyone that it is, mm-hmm. you know, like that it is equitable, you know, like uh, right. take, take them down a notch, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, elevate himself a little. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't think it's necessarily about elevating himself. No. I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't that, I, but it, it is. It, about, yeah, it doesn't come off that way. It's about breaching that world and kind of and showing, you know, and, and showing people what it's really like. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, he, yeah. Keith's intentions in this scene are are interesting because, like, I we talked a lot about like he he wants to through Amanda breach this world and stuff. Do you think there's a part of him that actually does want to be with Amanda? I think so. Or at least that's yeah. how he's. He has all these emotions about it, and that's the only way, because he's a teenager, that's the only way he could fit it in. He's like, oh, I must be in love with her and want to be in a relationship with her. Right. You know, because he, cause he's having all, cause he sees her story mm-hmm. of uh, being the betrayed, or, 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 you know, betraying herself mm-hmm. to be a part of this world, and he kind of wants to rescue her from that. Yeah. So it's like, oh, of course that means I love her. Right, right, course, right. You know, it's like. Yeah. Yeah, but really, it's, I think it's, it really is about the larger point for him not even really about her mm-hmm. well it, it is and it isn't yeah um but i think anyone who who he sees betraying themselves like that would he would he would take issue with yeah and feel like he wants to rescue that person certainly yeah um because it, it i mean when i mean it's a very movie thing to happen but it also kind of feels real to me is the moment at the end of the, when he walks out of the party um which we'll talk about the party in a second uh uh, and he sees Watts, mm-hmm. and it's just like, and they do. I mean, they do a very movie thing where you cut back to the scene from earlier where they did kiss. Um, but just in that moment, it kind of everything crystallizes for him because he's like completed this one goal, and then he's like, once that that once that goal is finished, he no longer has to think about. It. He's, like, he's like, oh wait, Watts is in love with me. Yeah, you know? it's like he restores balance to the you know like to the world because he bring like skinhead and all of his friends yeah are like you know who leaves seem, them, leaves seem them to be doing party. well as we leave skinhead and his friends yeah um by the way we we should talk, we haven't we've talked about the character a little bit but i love elias cotiz as skinhead yeah uh, he was great his performance is fantastic people uh he was also casey jones in uh teenage mutant ninja mm-hmm. turtles the movie yeah uh, that's where i really know him from yeah he's a character actor who's been in a ton of stuff yeah um he was just on the killing he was he, he continues to work all the time that guy because he's great and and from what i gather almost entirely improvised in this movie as well wow uh, that's pretty cool yeah i mean john hughes was known for letting people improvise i think that added a lot to the authenticity of these movies that people feel yeah um yeah that, he obviously knew the knew the character type yeah but yeah because he's kind of dominates every scene he's in because he's just so there is this there's this danger but this charm that we were talking about like uh like judd nelson has in breakfast club or, yeah um yeah, and at the end, and then by the end, because at first you're like, "Oh, who is this guy?" Like you said, I mean, he's he's being terrible to Watts. He's using offensive uh, words towards homosexuals. He's you know, uh, he he's a skinhead. He looks like I mean, yeah, you, yeah, you, exactly. Like that, I guess that just means something different now. But <laughs> I guess so because yeah, it is. He does have very much like the uh, white power kind of uh, look to him. Mm-hmm. Um, but he doesn't seem to i mean to be fair i don't think there are any minorities in the movie but uh <laughs> so a couple of his friends actually yeah like, oh yeah yes that's right he has he, i was gonna say he's that the only guy in the movie with black friends <laughs> I was gonna so say, like the skinhead guy is the only yeah. person <laughs> with with any kind of diversity in his group of friends <laughs> so that's really interesting i wonder if they did that on purpose because they're like we don't want people to think he's a nazi i think like, that could be because there's some very like um 
almost like South Central LA, like Boys in the Hood, kind of like the design of some of the, yeah, the costumes yeah, and stuff. Totally. Um, which I thought was interesting because we talked about this. This movie doesn't. I don't know where it takes place exactly. It kind of feels like Los Angeles to me, or at least right. I mean, it was always sunny. Yeah, I like, mean, I think that might just be because they probably shot in Los Angeles. Right. But it was all like uh, suburban. Yeah. Too, except for there's you know the the kind of club that's in every teenage movie that doesn't actually exist. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because like, what, what clubs are high schoolers running around like that? It was like some rock club. Yeah. I do like the thing where, because um, she talks about uh, uh, she wouldn't be here, and he's like, well, she's going to meet me here. And she's like, why isn't she here? And Watts says something about um, maybe she doesn't have ID, and he says, oh, everybody has ID. Yeah. Like, that's, yeah. that's just taken for granted in this world. Right. Everybody's yeah, I got. Think that was another one of those um, socioeconomic yeah. indicators where everyone in this world has a fake ID so, mm-hmm. they, so they could go you know and get like like cheap drinks and go out and mm-hmm. that kind of thing where all the rich could steal from their parents right like and throw those big parties in exactly house. yeah because i mean yeah the idea of, of of amanda jones going to this rock club uh is preposterous to watts yeah you know? uh uh and she doesn't go there no um so i guess that's uh but yeah then because uh, the whole thing throughout the movie is that um hardy's gonna beat up uh uh, Keith, mm-hmm. um, I do like the scene where he invites him to the party. Uh, we talked about we haven't talked about that where he, where he shows up into the art, uh, the art classroom. Yeah, I, God, yeah, those scenes are always hard, hard for me to get through just because I find it so that kind of fake niceness so disgusting. So I mean, I'm not saying it wasn't well done. Sure, sure, yeah, no, no, exactly. Scenes. It just makes my skin crawl. Oh to yeah, see someone, you know, like. Uh, be like fake nice and like manipulate people in that way right uh, yeah it's really no bothers me. <laughs> no i agree it's continually making that guy the worst it made me think of um guy recently the other week i watched uh this is a weird tangent i watched oh oh yeah yeah um with um you know josh hartnett and julia styles julia styles yeah uh, and the takeoff othello yeah in high but, school yeah yeah but in this you know boarding high school but that's right. like that entire movie is right. is josh hartnett going around and well, it's kind of that play yeah exactly yeah, yeah. And, and convincing you know and like being fake being people's fake best friends right them. yeah and so it made me think for a minute that like from if you made this movie some some kind of wonderful mm-hmm. through the eyes of of hardy yeah then it kind of turns into it could turn into othello a little yeah, kind yeah. of yeah because this is the whole you thing. have to change some key things, but yeah. <laughs> but what I love about it is this whole time he's going to beat up Keith, right? And so then Keith actually shows up to the party. Hardy doesn't beat him up. He's going to have his boys do it. Yeah. Because he's like, <laughs> he's like, Classic why don't... rich prick move, Yeah, he's, right? he's, he's like, take him outside and beat the shit out of him. And then uh, uh, he, goes, uh, he goes, why don't you take me outside? And he's like, I don't play like that, all yeah. right? I got to host this party. <laughs> <laughs> I have guests. Yeah. <laughs> What a rich prick. I love it. Uh he uh and then that's when the uh skinhead and his boys show up mm-hmm. to uh <laughs> and then I love that instantly the heart is like, Well let's just forget this, maybe. And, yeah, uh, no, this was a joke. Yeah. It was all a joke. <laughs> Everybody's afraid of those guys. Um and then they yeah, they stay and seem to be some of the women are interested in in the in the skinhead and his yeah, boys. Yeah, I thought that was that was a nice touch. It was it was a key to making that because it would have left a, a bad taste in the audience's mouth mm-hmm. if they were like, yeah, we're going to stay here and like ruin this party. Right. Or like trash the house or something. Yeah. It did, that just didn't wasn't in the spirit of the movie. Right. And so um, 
you know, it's just like, no, we're going to stay here, turn this into the kind of party we like. Everyone else is going to get in on that, <laughs> maybe except Hardy because he's a loser. Sure. Yeah, you know, exactly. Like, yeah. No, he gets his comeuppance there because what, what does Skinhead say? We're going to take the party to a, a nice, respectable level. Yeah, and he, yeah, does the hand motion to like raising the yeah, kind of. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just a nice, respectable level. Um, yeah. <laughs> Oh, uh, and I do like that he says he's not gonna. Um, don't worry, I'm not. Gonna, I'm not gonna even lay a hand on him. I'm gonna make him cry just a little bit by looking at him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, it's like skinhead's tough, but he's a good guy. <laughs> um, that that's something very much that I think is in all of John Hughes's movies. Is like there is something beneath the surface of all these characters, even if you're in archetypes, except for maybe a few of the douchebag characters. Right. It's not like we don't discover any other part of Hardy. I mean, because his big thing to Keith... No, is, not in this movie. Yeah, because his big thing to Keith is that he had sex with Amanda. Like, that's it. He's just like, you've got her used. And it's like, ugh. ugh. <laughs> like, that, that's, that's it. He, that's his trump card. It's like, yeah, you can have her because I'm done with her. And then, you know, it's like, ugh, you are terrible, sir. <laughs> yeah, yeah, gross. Yeah. Um, but we're jumping around a little bit. You were talking about um you liked the realism of that the end or where they walk out of the party yeah well i just sort of that that because i was gonna say i mean it's played very much like a movie but there is sort of like i feel like that's kind of how emotions i mean obviously can work where it's just like oh um yeah that emotional leap felt real to me too yeah see some it not working for some people yeah because it's like perfect timing i think feel like the movie definitely earns it though yeah definitely i I talked about i was talking about another movie on here one of the other episodes i wish i could remember what it was and i write in and write in and tell us yeah someone will know (laughs) um that uh that that felt realistic to me the idea of of just people realizing that they're in love with each other in a way like like movies always make it these long protracted things but i feel like that's not uncommon in reality that people are yeah. just like oh yeah yeah or at least for me it's maybe the realization happens but the thing that's a little unrealistic is the is how um he does something about it right away sure yeah which is like again again it's a movie you know like it's a movie that i don't have a problem with that right and they kind of established that as his character a character trait anyways yeah. once he once he knows and realizes something he's you know he's gonna go after it but i like that not only he realizes it but amanda realizes it too yeah no and they definitely end on the same on the same page yeah and it did really feel so wrong for her to have those earrings just because yeah. of her character and she's like faking it mm-hmm. her journey you know like um her journey it would have felt so wrong if her journey ended with her like Oh, I finally got these earrings for real. I don't yeah, have to yeah. fake it because real earrings. Right, right, right. You know, like the, uh, that's like icky. Like it does. It's not right. It's not a complete. No, it's not a complete arc for her. What they do instead of her giving up the earrings to him, mm-hmm. so she could, so he could go and pursue like you know this uh, true relationship. Yeah, it's beautiful, man. Oh yeah, it's it, like it's <laughs> it's great. It's yeah. so, oh no, I uh, yeah no, I love the ending of this movie, um, and yeah, it does feel very much like. What does she say? I can't even. It's like, yeah, good line. She's like taking off the earrings and. Yeah, what is? She, what does she say? I wish I could remember exactly. Yeah, I didn't write anything down, but I, I even, I even wrote down. Uh, I said, I hope those earrings get returned. Yeah, because <laughs> I, because I, I was already feeling that I, I don't want her to end up with them. Right, and then I was like uh, giving them to Watts even better. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, because we see Watts because uh, he was going to get her different earrings, and mm-hmm. then Watts says, "No, no, get ones. her those." Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, which once again is so like, ugh. <laughs> I feel for Watts so much. Uh, um, 
probably because I've I've been more of the Watson in my life Those than I've ever been. Unrequited love. Yeah, exactly. Moments, yeah. yeah, I felt far more that than any than ever being as confident as Keith in anything. Uh, right. I mean, uh, <laughs> and I really like you, Keith. It's Keith like, is it's awesome. Like, oh, I want I want to be that, but. But no, not I, not the most relatable thing for me. But. Certainly, no, exactly. And I'm I'm sure the, there are people out there who are like Keith, and those are very successful people who are not doing a podcast about a bunch of movies from the eighties. Yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, talking about like if only. Um, uh, but yeah, no, I love that, and uh, and uh, yeah, I love the way Watts the, the the back and forth between them in that scene as well when when he does uh when they do get together yeah about, like once again in watts fashion she's just like you're so stupid yeah you're so stupid and he's like i didn't know yeah you never asked yeah you never asked thing. is great like, which is i feel like is a little like admitting on on her part she's like you're right i never yeah like you know that's as close as she's gonna, yeah, gonna get in that moment <laughs> to being like to being yeah. like you're right you know because she has that little like smirk it's it's in her performance and you know the mm-hmm. uh the subtext of absolutely of yeah she's like you know you never asked like right uh, yeah so good yeah because once it, everything is so much of this movie could be played poorly i mean you think about how that you never ask could be like a oh, god awful line delivery in some romantic comedy that makes me want to throw up yeah but the way she plays it yeah is is so great and then this whole thing about like you knew you were gonna get these earrings <laughs> and then she's like i didn't know i hoped but i didn't know yeah and i think that is her is is um actually no i changed my mind about the culminating scene for it, it it's got to be that last scene because she get i mean because she gets what she wanted and well sure yeah and um and she acts like like herself um oh god what was i just thinking though it was uh Oh yeah, I hoped. Yeah, because I think that that kind of does sum up her character for me. Now that I'm thinking about it, hmm. is that um, she accepts like with a a bold face throughout most of the movie, and again, she's like that guarded person and pushes herself away from Keith at some points. Mm-hmm. But after they after that, the second act break, she's pretty much you know she's decided to accept her fate. Yeah, and she does it without like with very little issue. She's like, okay, this is what he wants, and I'm. You know, like an all deal. Yeah. And I think that's a really admirable thing to do as a friend, as a person. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, I, and, I, and it comes off, you know, and so when, she, you know, she's walking away crying, mm-hmm. you know, and that's her resolved to just go on. Yeah. You know, and I think that's, that's, that's a beautiful thing and made even more beautiful because uh, she's rewarded for her. Yeah. You know, like, um, you know, for, for being a great person. Exactly. Yeah. I think if, if if there's any message from this episode, it's just Watts is awesome. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, which she is. Wattscast. Yeah, Wattscast. Yeah. Oh, my God. I would host that show in a second. Um, and then we'd uh, every week, I'd just be trying to get Mary Stuart Masterson on the show. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> the first segment would be to talk about how that's going. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Still no response. Uh, and then eventually the, the lawyers will I'll get something from her lawyers. Uh, <laughs> every episode will be... It'll, It'll be the show will be like a scene by scene analysis of every every scene. We'll go yeah acting beat by acting beat yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, no one will listen to it. No one will listen to it. Uh, and if she ever hears about, it, she'll just think it's creepy. Yeah, it's um, a little stalkerish. Yeah, it's because it's weird, and because there's only the, there's only like a ninety five minute movie for us to break down. Yeah, uh, but you know we we have the first ten episodes in the bank. So yeah, the, no, those are, yeah, <laughs> be, be ready for those. Those have already been recorded. Uh, we did those all right before we did this. Uh, yeah, we're just really we're just rehashing a lot of what we already discussed <laughs> on the on the definitely coming soon Watts cast. Yeah. Uh, um, 
Cool. So is there anything else you, you want? Any other kind of stray thoughts or uh, observations about the movie? Hmm. Um, well, let, let me look at my notes. Yeah, because actually one of the things we didn't talk about was that guy who likes Watts. Or he's... he's yeah, well, yeah, there's a lot throughout this movie about having the courage to um, tell people what you really want. Yeah. And also having the courage to like know what you want and how, and, like, right. how to get it, uh, too. So... And just kind of, I don't know, one of the major themes of this movie seems to be, like, the value of communication. Absolutely. Um, so, like, is specific, you know, like, a lot gets solved uh, for everyone when Keith talks to his dad. Yeah. You know, like, near the end of the movie. Right. Um, yeah, that, we've talked about it a couple times already, that scene. Um, you know, yeah, a lot gets solved when... You know, uh, yeah, when people are communicating openly and honestly a lot, mm-hmm. you know, that's like uh, the characters make a lot of forward progress. Definitely. Um, and so, but they they made that theme humorous too and stuff like with that guy who's into Watts. Yeah. Where uh, he's being totally open. Oh, yeah. And honest, but she's being her guarded self. And, right. And, and you see this, you see like her relationship with like Keith, mm-hmm. but in a, in a, in a much simpler and um, much more comedic light. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Uh, no, I love that scene. I just like that guy's really funny. Uh, no, yeah, he he nailed it. <laughs> he's like, oh, he's like, just sit here and pretend to like me. Oh, yeah, no, but no problem. Yeah, <laughs> and then like when when he goes away, he says, "I'll be back in an hour." He's like, "You got a free hour? Was it? Do you have any? We could wreck each other." And yeah. <laughs> what a line! <laughs> we could wreck each other. I'm just like, is that uh, a good thing? I don't. <laughs> I don't. I don't know if I. What those, that's what the, these teens are trying to do to each other these days. <laughs> is that what this is about? Yeah, I don't. Oh, things have changed, man. Wasn't trying to wreck anyone. Uh, but yeah, I just, yeah, he seemed like a nice guy. But it's he did like, seem like a nice guy. But that's a point where maybe his openness about feelings was a bit too much. Yeah. Uh, maybe keep maybe keep the uh, desire to wreck someone to yourself <laughs> uh, unless you're sure that that's going to be reciprocated. Uh, but you see, you also see that guy doesn't hang around too much more no. after that either so it's we, like, when he's pushing the car and yeah, he's, like, he's, he's like, like i'm done with this but he's pushing the guy he's like i better get your number after this yeah yeah <laughs> and i'm assuming she did not give it to him uh, i'm assuming that too uh yeah which is fine <laughs> i don't feel that bad for that guy uh but yeah it's <laughs> uh but yeah anything else you want to um no not really i think we I yeah. mean, it's about a Oh yeah, I was thinking. I wrote here um, a lot in this movie is about having the courage to live the life you want to, mm-hmm. uh, like dis- especially despite economics. Yeah. Um, again, and and that's just one angle of this movie because they don't really get into the other side of it, right? Um, uh, like some of his other movies do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, yeah, but especially as it applies to economics, having the courage to live the life what you want, your own pursuit of happiness with who you want to be with. Uh, and yeah, having the courage to do the, to do that, and how honest communication could help you accomplish those goals. I thought like, um, it's like that's what he had in mind, like when he sat down to write it. Absolutely, because like, because it's it's in every something like about that is in every relationship mm-hmm. in this movie. And I mean, and as you're saying that, I'm, you could apply that to almost all of his movies, or at least his high school movies. It's yeah. interesting that he he's a director who he didn't. He didn't make the same movie every time necessarily, but no. he very there was clear that there was a set of themes that he was very interested in, 
and found different ways to because I mean like you could talk about that in Ferris Bueller's Day Off even or yeah definitely um, uh, I mean the Breakfast Club is certainly there in that uh, and he always does such a good job of doing it from the lens of of these people's world he's examining real things and he never simplifies them to the point I do get a sense I'm getting a slice of the real world and and right but that's what life is right is you know we're all individuals mm-hmm. there's no way we'll ever really be able to experience life from someone else's perspective right so we get just like these little slices like in the form of of a movie mm-hmm. um but a, a problem with a lot of movies is that it just gets simplified to the point where the world you know like where it's not really representing reality or anything real right but, um but you but through these little slivers you know you see these connections like you know much bigger you know much bigger things it's, this isn't just about like you know like a teenage love this is about how you get along with right real people and yeah absolutely. How, how you conduct yourself and yeah and like to the people who matter to you in life absolutely cool so, yeah i think that's a great place to end this on then uh yeah it's, it's sort of summing up the career of john hughes <laughs> a little bit um, who I, I would be shocked if we don't uh, talk about again at some point on the podcast. I'm sure I'll meet somebody else who hasn't seen some John Hughes movie, and uh, I'll talk about it. I'll talk about this guy all day. Uh, uh, his movies have meant so much to me. Uh, and Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, me too. Well, yeah, thanks for having me on. Oh, thank you for coming on the show, yeah. To talk about this. Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad, I'm glad you've now seen some kind of wonderful. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Uh, that's good, but we still have yet to have anyone on the show who has actively disliked one of the movies. I have, I have not mis- like, uh, misguided anything here, you know, because I'm still waiting for that day where I'm just like, ooh, that didn't go, like, though somebody hated this movie. But that's got to make for an interesting podcast. Oh, if too, anything, that's like... going to be the best episode of the show, because yeah. <laughs> uh, then it's just going to be like, oh, I totally steered somebody in the wrong direction um, with the best of intentions, but no, they didn't like it. <laughs> right. Yeah, because then you could get into, into stuff like... Um... You know, like why didn't they like it, and, and why you thought they would? <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. No, those. If anything, those are going to be the deepest, most personal episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, if that happens, uh, but everyone I know is pretty nice anyway, so they'd just be like, "Well, I didn't." Yeah, right. So, uh, I mean, the closest we had to that, and I kind of knew that was happening, was when Katie was on for the Indiana Jones movies, and we did do Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Right. Um, and that was that one was not. I think you're really gonna like it. It was more like I am fascinated to see what you're gonna think about this. <laughs> yep. Um. So, yeah. Uh, okay. Well, so that's gonna do it for this week's episode. If you haven't seen that, uh, thank you, Josh, for coming on. Thank you, John, for having me. Uh, you thank you, listeners, for listening. Uh, the show still doesn't have an exit line, so I will simply say we will see you next week. Thanks for listening, everyone. And remember, you can follow us at SeenThatPod on Twitter, and our email is SeenThatPod at gmail.com. We'll see you next week.